0: Hello, my name is Jack Gassell. I'm a junior at the University of Alabama, and I'm a psychology major. And hello, my name is
1: Pat Wim, and I'm a sophomore at the University of Alabama, majoring in computer engineering, and we are from the Emerging Scholar Program.
0: Today, we will be interviewing Dr. Erin Harrell to learn more about her research and academic career. Dr. Harrell's research focuses on better understanding ways that technology can help facilitate the aging process. By investigating the barriers to adherence, adoption of technology, health disparities, sociocultural norms, and lack of education, Dr. Harrell's goal is to help older adults age in place without sacrificing quality of life. Hello, Dr. Harrell.
2: Yes. Hello. How are you?
0: Good. How about you? Thank you so much for joining us today.
2: My pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, and thank you for your uh, patience with the technical difficulties. Yeah.
2: No, it's okay. Uh, thank you for letting me know that um, that you weren't hearing me. So.
1: Oh yes, ma'am. Yeah. Okay. So we'll jump straight into the question. So, how long have you been a faculty member at the University of Alabama?
2: I actually joined the faculty in August of uh, 2020. Oh wow. Right in the middle of the pandemic. Um, okay.
1: So how have uh, your your experience at the university so far been?
2: Um it's been different. Um I just say that because um coming at the time that I did with so many changes in place, um you know, at that point, um you know, there were claims changes in uh, class setup, as far as how classes were being taught. Obviously there were a lot less people on campus. There was a lot less opportunities to um, interact uh, with individuals uh, to really get acclimated um, in the community. But also at that point, uh, there were um, limitations on our research that could be conducted at that time as well. Uh, So-
0: Yes, ma'am. Sounds like a very difficult time to begin a new position in the middle of the pandemic.
2: It has been. Uh, Hopefully, though, we're headed in a good direction where we can uh, recover from that and get our uh, research um, back up and going and get more participants um, participating and just feeling comfortable doing so.
0: Uh, yes, ma'am. That sound, uh, that's awesome. Um, so uh, moving along, um, what sparked your interest in psychology in general and more specifically um, within older adults, psychology within older adults?
2: Yeah, So um, I've always been interested in learning um, about the human brain and cognition. Um, I would also say that I've always been uh, one of those individuals who've just been a curious person in general. Um, always questioning how things work and wanting to understand more about science and and medicine. And as far as working with older adults, um, I would have to say that my interest became more focused on this population after I had spent some time working in a clinical setting in a hospital uh, where I would interact with older adult patients and workers and on the one hand, I would hear them reflect on their accomplishments and uh, things that they were really you know, proud of being a part of throughout their life. But then on the other hand, um, there was this expression of concern about uh, loss of independence or changes as they've um, aged, uh, mobility limitations, um, and just sort of worry and concern about what their future would look like. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's really what prompted my interest in Uh, focusing more uh, on older adults from a research perspective.
0: Uh, That's fascinating. And was there any uh, like specific event you would say that kind of made that transition happen? Or was it kind of a natural flow, as you said, where you had the experience in the hospital?
2: Um, I think the biggest experience in the hospital was just uh, where you would see really talented people, um, you know, giving up things that they were passionate about or really loved to do, just because um, they really felt that um, as they aged, they just weren't able to continue to do the things that they loved uh, because they didn't have the support or resources. Um, and that was just really sad for me um, to see that because there were so much talent and gifts I felt that weren't being utilized uh, because they were sort of giving up on, on things that they had loved to do and were really skilled and good at doing but just felt that um, as things had changed, as they got older, but as technology changed, that it just wasn't a good fit for them anymore.
1: Yes, ma'am, that makes, um, it's very interesting. Um, we... So uh, besides working with older adults, so have you ever like been interested in uh, researching in any other subfields of psychology before?
2: Actually, I have. Um, so I would say that I've gone from, Um, well across the spectrum of of, um, individuals. Um, In general, while I'm a cognitive psychologist, I would say that my research encompasses both uh, cognitive and developmental psychology, Um, but I've also did some work that's incorporated uh, what we call human factors psychology, Um, and that human factors piece is really researchers or psychologists uh, studying how people interact with machines and technology. Um, And we use the research in that field to help guide um, how we design products or systems and devices that we use every day, Um, but also making sure that uh, machines and technologies are inclusive as well as uh, safe for individuals. And in some of the work that I've done with older adults, I've actually looked at uh, how older adults Uh, adopt new technologies and adhere to technologies. But I've also looked at some of the the barriers to accessing technology and sort of this link between uh, there being limited technology access and health disparities in rural areas, which again was something that I uh, saw in my experience working in the field, working in um, a hospital setting and seeing sort of the limitations that individuals who lived in rural areas had when it came to healthcare access.
0: Uh, th- uh, yes, ma'am, that's fascinating. And if you have you ever came across any hesitance from the older pop from older popu- or from older adults um, to use technology?
2: Um, I have. Um, so in some of the interactions that I had with some of the older adults I would work with, uh, some of them would say, you know, they were thinking about taking, you know, early retirement because there were so many changes in their workforce. Uh, where they just felt that they couldn't keep up. Um, And I felt that in many cases, there just weren't good systems in place, maybe for people to train them or for them to be able to learn the technologies and adapt. Um, And I also think that a lot of it was just due to fear, um, Mm -hmm. because they were afraid that um, they would do something wrong or they would break something. And they knew that in many cases, the technologies were expensive. Mm, and well. so there was this concern of breaking something or damaging something that someone had invested a lot of money and resources in.
0: Yeah, that's fascinating. Um, and so considering that older adults are some of the most at risk uh, for having compil- complications with um, regards to COVID-19, how has the pandemic affected your research
2: Um, The pandemic has certainly made it more challenging to recruit older adult participants. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, you can understand that, um, you know, various ages, um, people of various ages would be, you know, more hesitant to come into an environment that they're not familiar with. And Mm -hmm. also knowing that our research is conducted on a on a college campus where there's lots of people around. So there's certainly been a reluctance, um, you know, to participate obviously because they're wanting to you know, stay healthy and safe. Um, but I think that it's also helped draw more attention to the importance of research and science in our day-to-day lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that as we're able, uh, to put mechanisms in place to ensure, you know, safety and, um, you know, ensure that we're doing everything to help, you know, keep them safe and make it easy for them to be able to participate, that hopefully um, we'll have more interest um, in older adults wanting to get involved again. Yes,
1: ma'am, that makes, it's very interesting. Yeah. So uh, throughout your research career, do you have any specific researchers or any role models that inspire your work and your passion in research?
2: Um, I do, um, and I'm sure we don't have uh, time for me to to talk about them all. But yeah.
1: um,
2: there's certainly been uh, mentors in my life who have helped me um, fulfill my um, you know dream of completing my uh, PhD and becoming a researcher. So I'm grateful for their time and investment and mentorship. Um, but looking at things from a more historical perspective, I would definitely have to say. Um, that uh, Drs. Kenneth and Mamie Clark's work has certainly been an inspiration. Um, So while they were working with, you know, children and looked at illustrating the effect that prejudice and discrimination had Mm -hmm. on personality development and how that played a vital role um, in showing that segregated schools were inherently unequal and Mm -hmm. unconstitutional, I think that their work and the impact that their work had on policy and legislation has inspired me to try to also incorporate policy implications into my Mm -hmm. own research Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to making sure that um, older adults um, have um, access to health care, but also looking at social determinants of health and how, um, you know, there are still racial disparities that um, exist when it comes that's to right. quality of care
0: for mm-hmm. older adults. Yes, ma'am, that is, that's inspiring. And um, so do you have any uh, research that you are particularly proud of that you yourself have produced?
2: Um, I would say that the work that um, I'm most proud of is the work that I'm doing, looking at health disparities in older adults, uh, specifically looking at um, differences in um the higher incident rate that African-Americans um, experience with Alzheimer's disease. Yeah,
0: yeah, as well.
2: So I would have to say that would be uh, what I'm most um, proud of and looking to advance and um, expand moving forward. Awesome,
1: yes. Yeah. So do you, during your research career, so have you encountered any specific challenges that you overcame and yeah, how did you overcame them? Uh,
2: um, I think that's still in progress. I think that uh, the biggest challenge that um, I'll need to overcome is trying to obtain full professorship. Mm-hmm. Um, much like in uh, healthcare, care, there is also uh, racial disparities that we see when it comes to promotion and retention in academia. Um, mm-hmm. There's a very small percentage of uh, black females uh, who've reached the rank of full professor. Um in 2018, that number was about 3%. Um. Wow.
1: Wow. Um, and, um, so I just have another uh, following question, which is, so do you have any advice for like uh, prospective uh, students who want to get into research and become researchers in the future?
2: Absolutely. Um, I would certainly encourage students to, um, to reach out to us as, as uh, professors, as researchers. If you see things that we're doing, uh, most of us do have websites where we talk about, you know, our work, or if you take classes and we mention, you know, our work or things that we're doing in the field, um, I would definitely say don't be afraid to reach out or come to office hours or just ask if you could meet with us to talk more about our research and talk more about your interest and um, just ask questions so that we can um, help you uh, find opportunities to get involved, whether it's in you know, our labs or in another lab that would be more closely aligned with your research interest. But I would definitely say, um, you know, reach out to us and, you know, ask to come by our labs to see what we're doing Um, and just be um, open to uh, coming to work in someone's lab and see if it's something that you like uh, so that you'll have a better idea of what may be a good fit for you moving forward.
0: Awesome. Thank you. And um, so is there any um, research or specific projects that you're excited about being involved in in the future? And if so, how will COVID affect that research?
2: Um, that's an excellent question. Um, I was fortunate to just recently receive funding from the National Cancer Institute um, looking oh, wow. at um, African-American caregivers of patients uh, who experience uh, cancer-related cognitive impairment. Congratulations.
1: Yeah. Yep. Congratulations.
2: Thank you. Um, so yeah, so I've just uh, been learning from all the disruptions that we've had uh, from COVID uh, up until this point and just really looking at the design of the study, uh, trying to make sure that there's um, systems built in such that um, all the components can be completed remotely if needed either via phone um, or in case of uh, surveys, um, we could either mail them um, or do it by email. If people have email, that would be better. But if they don't, to either uh, mail paper surveys to them or either collect that data by asking them the questions Mm -hmm. um, over the phone and inputting their responses. Um, But really just looking at ways that uh, we can make sure that people feel comfortable uh, participating um, at the level that they're wanting to engage with us. And understanding that with everything that's happened um, recently, that that engagement comfort level may not be in a face-to-face setting.
0: Yes, ma'am. Awesome. Um, well, I we want to congratulate you again on the funding. That's uh, That sounds very exciting. And um, we also just want to thank you for your time today. It was truly a ple- pleasure to be able to interview
1: you today. Yep. And yeah, we hope you will have more success with your research in the future and just keep doing what you're doing. And yeah, thank you for your time.
2: Thank you. And thank you for all your work that you're doing for this uh, podcast. Um, so it really means a lot that you're reaching out um, to us and including us to be a part of the work that you're doing. So thank you.
1: Yes, ma'am.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day.
2: You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We hope that today's interview was insightful and exciting.